Hey guys, I want to take a quick second before this episode launches and tell you guys thank you so much for all the likes, comments, shares, feedback on the podcast series. It's been amazing. I'm going to keep bringing on incredible guests like the one I have on today. On this episode, we actually recorded this the day after the infamous Saints-Rams-NFC Championship game, so it's a little bit dated, but uh, why don't you guys listen to it, enjoy the episode with myself and Tyler Boyer. Welcome to the Stephen Fout Experience, sharing all of his experiences on his journey of marketing, entrepreneurship, life, and taking action. Giving you advice, tips, and interviews with entrepreneurs just like you. This is the Stephen Fout Experience. My experience is your experience. Experience, 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 experience. Welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Fout Experience. I'm your host, CEO and founder of Fout Marketing. And wow, it's Monday after that Saints-Rams game. I don't want to get too much into it because uh, my guest here today uh, will speak definitely uh, as far as what's happening with the NFL and football and whatnot. But I got a young buck in the studio today. His name's Tyler Boyer. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's up? I'm doing good. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. So, I mean, after that Saints game, that was ooh. that was rough. That was, man. that was rough for me and my friends. I mean, blatant, blatant. I don't, I don't want to get too, too into it. No, blatant it's miss call. Yeah, I mean, it was it's just bad. It, it is what it is. I'll talk. I, I went pretty hard on social media last night talking about the NFL and integrity and all that stuff. But the reality is, if the Saints win, it really doesn't improve the league at all financially. I mean. I, I looked at it from a different eye because you have two different chances at two different Super Bowls here. You have a Brady Bree Super Bowl, which everyone wants which to see. Which is classic. I mean, that, that's an argument for who's the, the, the best quarterback in the league. And then you have, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, you know, the youngest QB. There was a lot right of different storylines. I, I will give yeah. you the storylines were set up there. It could have been Brees, Brady. It could have been Brees, Mahomes. It could have been the two young bucks mm-hmm. with, you know, Mahomes and, and Goff. But, um, but look, this is a big deal for L.A. There's a lot of people in LA waking up today going, wait, we have a football team in LA? Like yeah, they don't understand the market's so large and distracted it's, and fragmented. It's two very big market teams that they're throwing into the Super Bowl and like which is great for the for, it, for the NFL it, it and for works, the ratings. It so. works great for the NFL. Instead of like, you know, two smaller teams in Kansas City and New Orleans in the right, Super Bowl that right. have, you know, smaller, more dedicated fan bases, but it ain't, it's not going to pull you it's and not. It's not going to pull in the revenue, and and like, like I said, I actually I shared a post on Facebook today. I got to serve up an ad from Nike, um, and it was like four or five people in the ad, all representing the L.A. Rams jerseys, you know. And like the NFL has to generate buzz inside the L.A. market. It's huge. Goodell wants a twenty-five yeah. billion dollar revenue stream in, by twenty twenty-seven. So in order for him to do that, small market teams aren't going to get you there. Exactly. So that's the deal. We move on. It is. We live another day. Oh, we just. Hop in the offseason, hope we better our team, and that's it. Try again Done. next year. And let me tell you what: the Saints fans are like, "Oh, I'm not going to support the NFL." They're it's bullshit. Like, yeah, they're like, going to they're I, going to go to the games next year. They're going to watch it on TV. Like they may not watch the Super Bowl, but they're not going to all of a sudden just. And that's just that, that's more supporting just because, like you know, we have a very dedicated fan base towards the Saints down here, and that's more. Well, it's, tr- it's generational. It's yeah. generational. But, but dude, why you're here today? Because you're I had you booked on the show here before the nonsense happened with the the game yesterday. Yeah, but um. Tyler's 18, okay? Yes, so I want to pick your brain as far as social media, what platforms you guys are using, because as we know on social media, like you age down, right? So people that are, um, that are you know, well, I'm not going to use Facebook or Instagram, like the demographics that are on Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, give me a rundown. What, what's your go-to social media platform 
for you and your friends? Well, it, it it depends on what you're trying to do. If you know, if I'm going to try and just talk to one of my friends one on one, usually it's just Snapchat. I'll just go in Snapchat. There have been a lot of th- like I, I have a bunch of my friends' numbers and I won't even use them. I'll just go on Snapchat. You know, send you a Snapchat, see what you're doing. You know, so, so Snapchat in your demographic is is the number one go to app for either communication or. Um, Social media. Yeah, at least for one-on-one. If you're trying to, you know, if you're just trying to look at stuff, trying to see what everyone else is doing, you know, you're looking at news, you know, stuff in music, stuff in sports, you'll go to Twitter or Instagram for that. I mean, yeah, you know, and if you just want to throw up a picture or something, you know, Instagram's always there for that. And to show people what you're doing. There's a lot of brands who, especially down in this market, and that's kind of what we do at at my company, is to try to get brands to wake up, stop spending money on TV commercials, Stop spending money on billboards and radio yeah, I, I, and, and traditional because your demographic, the 18-year-olds and even like 16, 17, the future of the soon-to-be buying power market, you, they're not reaching you at all. No, because I mean, a majority of the time, I mean, I know with a lot of my friends, we don't regularly watch TV or do stuff like that. We'll use Netflix, YouTube, blah, 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 something that's not running. Right running ads and you know we'll just go on social media and whatever we find on social media that's what we're looking at that's, right that's you where know. your attention is yeah you know and so for clients who are looking to you know you're 18 in the next five or ten years like you'll be buying you know your own home and you're buying you're buying your own car and and buying power for you that generation is going to be massive and there are brands today who are not capitalizing on reaching you by just consi- keeps dumping they keep dumping money into like into big mass mediums and it's not in the long game, if you're playing the long game, you're going to lose. And I think because of the fact that they're not reaching kids that are like 18, 19, 20 years old who aren't watching traditional like television yeah, the and consuming only, their commercials or consuming their products. The only things we usually watch that are live are sports. Live sports. You know, and even we, so, but but even during a commercial break, you grab your phone. Yeah, you, you pick up your phone and you're, phone on, and you're on your phone, or, yeah. you're on Snapchat, right. you're seeing, you know, you're talking to your friends about what's, I mean, I could tell you many a times just yesterday when I was sitting there, you know, something good or bad happened with the Saints and then, you know, someone wanted to talk about it. So I pick up my phone and I start Snapchatting them. This is what's happening. That's what's happening. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you're not you're not paying attention. to. No. I, I can't tell you one commercial that came on yesterday. No. I mean, and, and I, don't I, and I, I buy and I buy because a lot, some of our clients that we do have the budgets and they do for purposes of co-op and all that whatnot. They, they spend money on television. Um, we advise them not to, but they in theory have to spend the money. Um the commercial in the Saints, the rates were absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely insane. For that 30-second clip to reach people when, like you said, as soon as that commercial break hits, you're on your phone. Yeah. And so um, it's how do you generate buzz and how do you get the um, attention going on social media. So let me ask this. Do you guys um, – what are your thoughts on Twitch? Twitch? Oh, I mean, I use it all the time. A lot of my friends use it. it, it it's, you know, for someone like me, I mean, I've I've played video games growing up since I was – 10, 11 years old, uh, you know, and there was a good point when at 15, 16, that's all I was doing was playing video games to, to, to be able to sit there. And, they, they, and for people that don't know what Twitch is, why don't you give them a little... So it's a live streaming platform for video games, basically. And the, the, the thing it can offer you is, you know, first of all, you get an entertainment value out of it, watching, you know, your favorite streamer do this, that, and the other thing, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that helped me the most while playing video games because yeah you know, I'm a very competitive person. When I sit down and do something competitive, I want to be the best I can be at it. You can go and sit down and watch, you know, professional players play this game, and you know, like Ninja. Yeah, the dude's well, a boss. Are you not Ninja on the Ninja nin- Kick or what? 
see, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Fortnite kind of guy. Really? I, I don't, thought you'd I don't be like all up into Fortnite. No, man. I don't. I don't like Fortnite. It, it, it's, so what are you it's, playing? It's not my style of game. I, since I've started working on my music a lot more and everything, like I haven't. You know, I haven't been playing a lot of video games, but usually it's more the competitive games, you know, uh, CSGO, League of Legends, all these different competitive games that add this competitive and have big esports markets, Mm -hmm. which is basically just competitive video gaming. Right. And, you know, that's usually what I stuck to. Ninja, I wouldn't even say is, you know, professional in an entertainment sense yet. Yes, but like a professional player, like, you know, gameplay wise, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I. You know, I grew up from, you know, 2014 to now watching professional CSGO. And, I mean, you can name some of the big players in there. You have, uh, you know, Guardian, Shroud, you know, all, uh, a lot of these big professional players that literally just play the game to be competitively good at it. And, you know, they're not worrying about, you know, if their stream is entertaining, blah, blah, blah. They're there. They sit you down there to watch them be good at a game. Right. That's their whole mentality. And all, are all your friends into the whole, um, you know, Twitch market as far as video game consumption? And all of my friends who play video games, yes. Some of some people just don't have time for it. It, it it's a lot more popular with guys than it is for girls. Mm-hmm. So what are the girls like? Where are they spending their time? Uh, it's different. That, that's they, a big because females, you know, that you know, as you're if you're if you're a company or or you're trying to reach consumers, you know, females have a strong buying power. So for younger females coming up. How do companies reach your friends that are girls? Social media, straight social okay, so media. What Every single girl, Instagram, Instagram, hands down, Instagram. Every single girl is on Instagram and uses Instagram on a daily basis. All of my friends who are girls, hands down, Instagram is over their Snapchat. go-to over Snapchat, hands down. Unless you know they're trying to talk one-on-one with someone, but that's the only reason mm-hmm. they'll go on Snapchat. Like I have people who I know will, you know go on Snapchat for two minutes and then sit on Instagram for three hours. Like, it's it's insane. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for right now, too, for brands, I have to understand, like, that is underpriced attention. Like, Instagram advertising is, especially Instagram story ads, vastly underpriced yeah. to reach, like you're saying, to actually get the consumption of someone in their phone paying attention, seeing their, seeing their advertisement. Now, look, we talked about, uh, you hit on your music. Yeah. So, let's talk about, uh, you're in the music game, exactly. What are you yeah. doing? So, for the past... I want to say it was early 2016 when I started, so like January, February 2016, so about three years now, I've been producing music and DJing, and and now it's it's really starting to pick up. What genre of music? Uh, When I produce, I usually make trap, you know, hip-hop, all that stuff. I'm trying to get into the EDM world of that, but when I'm DJing, it's straight EDM. Is that what the clubs are are popping right now is EDM, or is it all Uh, trap still? it it, It depends when, you know... My brother plays, you know, he DJs also when he when he DJs on Saturdays and it's just normal people, you know, you want to play the most popular genre of music, which right now is hip hop. Hip hop. I mean, I've been studying hip hop for the past three years of my life. I know the ins and outs, you know, I know it like the back of my hand. Uh, you know, that's what's popping with people our age, you know. Hip hop is the dri- right is a driving force. Right. Yeah. Right. So on Saturdays, you know, he'll always play hip hop. He'll always bump hip hop, you know, whatever song he can play. You know that is hip hop fits that bill. He'll play it, uh, but the EDM EDM wise, it's usually just when you know we have a show that's booked for us that's specifically you know marketed as you know an EDM show. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's, are you just doing the you're producing the beats? Or are you are you working with any of the artists or what's your? I I was working with 
uh, my friend, one of my friends, he was, you know, recording over my beats and then, you know, I started going back to school and everything. So I told him like, you know, you know, hold off on music for right, just for a little bit, you know, so I can focus on school and everything. But I know when I get out of, out of you know, I, I've had a lot of opportunities DJing at the Willow and, you know, doing this mm-hmm. and that and meeting a bunch of people to, you know, be able to get in the studio with people who are better at than me at what I do mm-hmm. that can help teach me and, you know, help me just kind of progress my music and everything that I want to do with it. So, so where can people find your music online? Uh, right now, if you go search the artist Drew Pax on Spotify and iTunes, so, DRU. P-A-X or what? DRU space P-A-X. Okay. Uh, just about everything on there, I produced for him. Everything in the 54 block mixtape is all my production. I'm going to get you some production work um, either for like our client work or our yeah. social media work. But you guys doing custom tracks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what are y'all using to produce the music? I usually uh, my go-to uh, DAW. If you don't know what a DAW is, it's a it stands for Digital Audio Workstation. Uh, my go-to is uh, Fruity Loop Studio. Right. Is the Dude, one I, I have I a history use. of Fruity Loops, man. <laughs> I, I was DJing back in college. I was producing music. God, I was probably. I'll tell you. Well, actually, I got started into. Uh, many people may not know this, but I um, actually after Katrina. Um, down here, there was really like no power, no internet, no anything to really do. And yeah. So I started making beats on my computer because you didn't really need a yeah, you didn't need internet. internet. You just and needed, so I started making beats, yeah. started making beats. Um, but that was I was really big into breaks, like the mm-hmm. break beat tracks. Yeah, um, which is like that Tampa Miami flow, yeah. right? You know, DJ Icy, mm-hmm. right? So it was like one thirty eight to one forty BPMs and just producing beats. And then um, I was really good. I played piano growing up, and so I would go in there and like play the synths. And like my my percussion and my my drum patterns were they were pretty good, but they weren't like they they were missing something right. And so I I uh, hooked up with a producer in Atlanta, DJ Ricks R I X, mm-hmm. um, who was a master at like the eight oh eight and like he nailed like all the his drums were like insane, but he had no real sense. It was all just all bass tracks. So I was like, man, I hit this guy up on like AOL Instant Messenger and I was like, dude, like I'm listening to your music, like love your drum patterns um, and your remixes. I think we could definitely collaborate. And so that's where Trace and Ricks, DJ Trace, that's what I call myself. I don't mm. know why, but I did. Um, <laughs> that's where Trace and Ricks came from. You can kind of see some of our stuff on YouTube. But um, but we were literally, like, I was working on, like, we're doing Sony, like, Acid Pro. Um, and so I'd work on, you know, lay the, lay the tracks down and then, like, started, like, dabbling in Fruity Loops, you know, yeah. which sounds kind of weird because it's kind of a corny name, like Fruity Loops. Yeah, I don't but know. The top producers use Fruity Loops. Yeah, the, it's crazy. The, especially in trap. My my hands down my favorite genre I've ever made is uh Louisiana bounce and it's 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 a really really See, I, never fast, got, I never got into producing bounce tracks. Bounce tracks are, which are killer down hands here. down one of the hardest to make. And it's just because it, nowadays the way bounce tracks are layered it's it's always a sample. It's never it's never original right. like, you know, if you listen to Nice for What by by Drake, it's a Louisiana bounce track. You know that samples Big Frida, and you know mm-hmm. Big Frida is one of the biggest right, you know right. bounce artists in Louisiana. It, you know the drum beats are usually very very similar, but mm-hmm. it's always finding that good sample. If you don't have that good sample, oh yeah, nothing's gonna happen. I mean, I just did it. Me and Drew just released a song a few months ago, and it's on his Spotify. It's called um, Red Dot Part Two, and it it, it samples a it, it samples Inner City Blues by Marvin Gaye. Nice, which is. You know, it it was very hard to you know you know I my whole thing is I like to find the sample first and then build off of that. 
Mm. And it, originally I was like, okay, this is going to be like a, a slow trappy blah, 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 like probably around like 140, 150. Yeah. And then I cranked it up to, you know, I found out the BPM of the actual song is like 180. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to change it that much. And I'm like, right. okay, this will be perfect for a bounce track. Mm. If I make this a bounce track, it'll be perfect. And see, that's what we were coming, we were looking at like when we were doing the music, we were in that genre where the hip hop snap little john was big mm -hmm. and so what happened a lot of these clubs they would not let us play the 80 bpm version because like it was little john everybody was getting so amped up in the clubs they were fighting because the yeah. music was getting so intense you mix alcohol and little john's like yeah and everybody's going crazy <laughs> snap your fingers so like what we did was we came in and actually like we we double timed the beats right so we took it like we'd slow it down to like 75 70 and then like do a 140 track and that, like, the clubs, they love, we could, we were actually able to play the music because it wasn't like the original versions, but it was yeah. well enough and, and sampled close enough to the actual original track. And so we got, we got away with it by playing the, um, the 140 versions. And then people were like, man, you guys are, are killing it on your remixes. Um, cause it was taking like those mainstream tracks mm. that we couldn't play in the clubs. We brought it into a dance vibe and then EDM like took off. And we actually, Rick and I stopped producing. Like in 2007. That's right when... Everything exploded. That's right when, you know, EDM started picking up. That's exactly. when you hear about, you know, Swedish House Mafia, Tiesto, yeah. all, all these guys. The, 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 the classic EDM. You know, some of them are still there now. You know, Avicii, you know, like, uh, you know, Avicii was one of my biggest inspirations growing yep. up. And, you know, it's a shame he passed away. He was one of the best, you know, hands down. You know, you know what best. happened, right? He, he, I don't think he hated performing live. Yeah, I know. He would uh, basically what, what, what happened, what his story was is that, you know, he would go and perform live and every single time before he'd perform, he'd, he'd have a drink every single time he performed. And, you know, he, you know, when you start performing, you know, show after show after show after show, you know, and you're taking a drink, you know, it's obviously going to mess you up. It mm -hmm. messed up his liver. He went into, you know, you know, he took a break from touring in 2016 and just do, you know, medical stuff, you know, Rehab, yeah. fix everything he needs to do. And then, you know, he was starting to make music again in 2018. And then, you know, it comes out that, you know, he drank himself to death. And that's exactly, I mean, that's, he was, yeah. but I heard he, he dealt with anxiety a lot too, because I yeah. think he was, he was behind the scenes producing and all of a sudden like levels just exploded. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh man, now they've won the booking for these shows. And he was used to kind of sitting behind his computer doing his own thing. Now he's having to like, get out of his comfort zone into like a hundred thousand people playing these massive shows at these massive festivals. And, you know, for someone who is an introvert, having to be front stage, I think that got to him a lot, too. Was yeah. The whole thing with Levels, I mean, they had a documentary that they just did on Avicii that's on Netflix right now. And, and if you watch it, I mean, they, they, his manager and his team pushed Levels, like, really, really hard. That song was banging. You know, it, 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 was, a, it was a really good song, but, you know, you're, you're pushing this song. You're going from a guy, you know, who maybe has, you know, uh, like, you know, 25 50,000 fans and you're pushing them all the way up to top dog in the game. Oh yeah. Just like that. Fiesta I mean, level. Yeah, exactly. And you know it, it takes a toll to on you. Like, who else? I, we, we followed like I and mean, we started producing like so we we cut it, we got out the game in 2007. Yeah. In 2008 and it was like I think what happened was you know that's when kind of YouTube started popping. Mm -hmm. And what it was um you know artists weren't making music videos because they had when MTV had gone they stopped playing music videos, yeah. right? So artists stopped making music videos. And then, so it got to the point where it was like, okay, well, all these tracks are coming out. DJs are playing the clubs. 
but there's really no like no music video. Then YouTube pops, they start producing music videos again. DJs start playing videos in the clubs, and that and then Rick actually he still plays a VJ now, so yeah. it's video DJ whatever. Yeah. And so I mean it was like the minute that like we literally like pulled the plug on what we're doing, EDM just like took off. Yeah. And I'll never forget the story. I was um I was I was back home um from college, and I had basically converted my mom and dad's living um, um, dining room into a production studio. I had my keyboard, my virus keyboard on the dining room table, mm. whatever, and I'm sitting there making beats with my headphones. And mom and my dad are like, are you going to be a DJ forever? Like, you can't do this. <laughs> like, you know, driving a Mercedes, man. Like, you're playing shows. You're in Tampa. You're all over the place, whatever. They're like, you can't just make a living like this. Dude, the chain smokers, they're doing all right. Oh, the chain, the chain smokers. DJs are doing all right. Since 2016 when they came to Voodoo. I didn't get to see them at Voodoo, but they have been hands down my biggest uh inspiration music production wise and it's just because they they go into you know edm they go into this music industry with this whole i don't care attitude Mm -hmm. i'm going to make the music that i like and you're not gonna if you listen to their new album if you go back you know you can see how much they've changed like their original their original track that blew up was split with tiesto and you know it was a, it was a big room track. It was you know a very bouncy track. That was their first big track, first big collab, first big track. Blew up. Then they started. You know they released you know closer, out of the water. You mm-hmm. know one of the most popular songs in like. We well, look. You listen 10 to years. like so. So selfie put them really on the map, right? Yeah. That if if you played that song today, you would know. Okay, that's not a Chainsmoker song. Yeah, you would, you would not think because they they made it actually as a out of a joke. I think. Yeah, they 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 did it. I mean, I I've researched this a ton. They they did it incredibly out of a joke. It was it was all of this I don't care mentality. Yeah, pretty They're much. Like, I'm gonna do whatever I want, and you know that's the entire reason. Did you they ever see them the perform on American Idol? No. Oh my god, dude, you got to go to YouTube. Like they, hands down, Drew, um, and uh, what's it, Alex. Alex, Drew and Alex. Like they say all the time, that is their most like awkward performance ever because literally like they just pressed a button. They said we can't stand behind this this booth and just play the song selfie. Yeah. And so, dude, when you leave here, look up YouTube, look up Chain Smokers selfie American Idol. <laughs> it is so awkward. Like they're with like J Lo and they're taking selfies with J Lo and stuff like this. They're literally like, well, what do, we can't just stand there. Yeah. We got to do something. So yeah. they went around and they started taking selfies in the crowd. It was a big joke, but like. Those dudes blew up. And you know what? But also, too, they do is they collaborate across different genres. Yeah. I mean, like Coldplay, Kelsey Ballerini. You um, know, they did one with Florida Georgia Line. Right. You know, for their first studio album. and Which it, is smart. It, it, it's really smart. It, and they, they have made so many different genres of EDM. They just did, you know, in their new album, they just did a track with uh, a DJ named uh, Nightmare who makes trap straight you know you know what they call nowadays future trap because it's edm and it's not like you know the traditional you know trap that Mm -hmm. you know you'd rap over but uh you know they just made that track and then they made one with a i i i forget the dude's name but he it it was a dubstep track and Mm -hmm. you know they they are literally just making whatever they feel Mm -hmm. like making what's cool too is some producers like have a sound Mm -hmm. that you know okay that's that's their sound 
I think the Chainsmokers for me, like I just like every time they release a new, a new single, I'm like, damn, that's like that sounds nothing. Yeah, like. it's 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 not the Chainsmokers, but that's exactly what their sound is: is having no sound. Like if you throw on a Martin Garrix track right now, I could tell you that it it's was Martin, Martin Garrix. Garrix. If you throw right. on an Alinium track, he's a big future bass producer. Mm-hmm. You would know that's a lineage. Even you know- like even our like our our tracks, we found a lot like a lot of our drum patterns were kind of the same, mm-hmm. and people knew it was our music because we kind of used the same kick and snare because it just it moved the the, the club moved. Yeah. And so when we found that we started changing our snare drums up, it was like, hey, that's not working really well. Dude, we used to sample Michael Jackson snares all the time. Yeah. And do the difference. Let me tell you what, drums can make or break a track, as you know. Exactly. And yeah. we, when we get our drum patterns right. Man. Yeah, there have been some drum patterns. You know, I I go back. I'm very critical on myself when it comes to music, so I'll go back and listen to a bunch of my drum patterns. You know, and specifically just listen to to my drum patterns, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I see where I was going with this one, and then I listen to the next one. I'm like, what was I doing? Like, right. this is just not right. This doesn't it doesn't flow right. You know, most of the time it's not that case, but you know, some of my earlier ones, I was like, like you know. It just doesn't it, it doesn't flow right. It doesn't feel right. More of the new ones, I, I kind of stay traditional to the to the traps. If you listen to that 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 full fifty four block album, I mean, like it it's it's more traditional mm-hmm. trap beats than you know, or traditional bounce beats, depending on the genre and the feel I wanted for the song. Than it is, you know, me trying to be creative. And yeah. you know, you have to have the happy balance of you know, okay, you like, have to. what's going to work, and then you know what 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 can you do creatively to make it work right like you can't just go full creative side and hope it works because it's just not going to right right so so where do you think the music industry goes from here well looking at it from a from a fan perspective you know hip-hop's gonna stay hip-hop's so mainstream now hip-hop's gonna stay where it's at for the next few years edm's picking up again you know it picked up in the 2000s and then and then you know Mm -hmm trap flew all the way up hip-hop flew all the way up so it kind of fell off you know you still had that that tight community like and that's that's the best thing about edm is the community the community is insane but i I think you know that's gonna pick up again and i think one of the big genres that everyone you know isn't looking at right now that's gonna pick up in the next few years is dubstep and you know i live me and Joey and our group of friends, we all listen to that. We go to dubstep raves all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, dubstep's our kind of music. And it, it, it's obviously not for everyone. It's hype music, you know. But the same thing people were saying in the 90s about hip-hop, they're saying about dubstep now, you mm-hmm. know. It, it, you know, this isn't music. This is a really, you know, this this sounds bad, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Y- you have to appreciate it for what it is. If if you sit down and you actually listen to a dubstep track and you listen to the to the basses that they're making, the growls they're making, it takes hours upon hours to sound design a bass like that, to mm-hmm. make a bass like that. I mean, I've watched countless amounts of videos up, about sound design, and there's this one dubstep artist. His name is uh, Virtual Riot, and he's one of the bigger bigger ones in the dubstep scene. And he did a live stream of him making a track, going through, you know, his workflow, his process and everything. He sat down for an hour, just a straight hour of that live stream, sound designing one bass. But all the different things he could do in a drop with mm-hmm. this one bass is absolutely insane. You know, with the right automation, the right sound, yeah. you can do whatever you want. And it, 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 it's party music. It, it's not music with a, you know, you can listen. There's some artists nowadays that you can listen to trap and still get a meaning out of it. Like, you know, NBA Youngboy is one of the big ones, you know. 
uh, Kendrick Lamar, all these people, you know, you can sit down Kanye West and, and actually feel something from their music, get a meaning from their music. Dubstep's not like that. Dubstep is literally there to to make you party. That's what you're supposed to do with dubstep. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go stand on that rail, headbang, do whatever, do you, and, and do you, and just sit there and, you know, just have a good time. That's all dubstep's supposed to do for you. And, you know, it's worked for me in the past. I mean, I mean, when I went to Voodoo, I was not in the right mindset. I, I had a lot of stuff going on personally, you know, between me. I, I had a friend who had uh, committed suicide at Holy Cross, mm-hmm. and, you know, I wasn't in the right mindset to go to Voodoo. I went into that crowd, and I saw, you know, it was the first time I was ever seeing a dubstep G- DJ. His name was Kazo. I went in there, and I can tell you, for that entire hour, I did not think about my problems. I sat there with Isn't my, that crazy what music does? Yeah, like, it, it, it's insane. And that's that's one of the reasons I love it so much is, like, you know, I've had a lot of problems in the past year, but I can tell you every single time I sit down and, and, and listen to a song, mm-hmm. listen to, you know, one of my favorite songs, you know, it instantly makes me feel better. Every time, you know, I complete a track, it makes me feel better. Every time I, I show someone a track and they mm-hmm. like it, you know, it makes me feel better. Like, it, it's insane, you know, how quickly music can shift your emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that was one of the reasons I got into it to begin with. Like, you know, just like, you know, why does this track, this upbeat track, you know, make you feel happy, but this one make you feel sad, you know, vice versa. And then you can kind of tell, you know, oh, lower BPM, it's obviously going to be sadder, it's going to be slower, it's right. going to feel different than, you know, that higher upbeat track. No, you're right. You're right, man. That's why like, I, I set up playlists here at the office that are all, I it's specifically driven for like different types of music genre here that are positive. Yeah. You know, things that kind of get you going. Mm-hmm. And it's everything from like Tupac to Chainsmokers to... I mean, you, it's all it's it's a it's a variety of mix. Yeah, but that's the kind of vibe you need. That like energy is like, okay. Like I know this is going to keep me going and keep me and keep me uh, yeah. staying focused and being positive and not you know getting drowned out by the world's problems and all that stuff. Exactly. So where do you where do you think you go here, man? For the next like three to five years, like what are you what are your plans? What are your goals? What do you want to try to do next? Definitely within the next five years, I want to be I want to be playing voodoo. I want to be able to you know just you know producing my own tracks. Definitely EDM wise, that I can play at my you know edm shoes mm-hmm. you know it, it's a feat in the music industry when or, or in the djing industry the edm the edm world if you can make a set you know entirely of your own music like you know it's it's a very yeah, it's big it's a very to hard play thing your to own do. anybody can go download the music or get the music and play it exactly and that's kind of what it was like when i was djing it was i didn't want like they booked us to play our music like our remixes that we actually we made ourselves mm-hmm. anybody can go in there throw on like a, a 10 15 track playlist downloaded from wherever like you know the youtube yeah. sets and whatnot and go oh, okay that's that's the actual title and go find it download it rip it and play it you know and put your hands in the air and be like the baddest dj but it's like dude you didn't make the music you know and so there's a big difference when you're able to play your own tracks versus somebody else's. yeah tracks. and i mean that, that that's what i'm doing right now is just kind of you know i'm playing other people's tracks you know it's tracks that you have you know, to yeah, yeah you i have started, to right you now. have to right so you know i'm doing that right now and you know that's what i do at my shows and you know i throw my own little flair you know mix it mm-hmm. this way that way you know just so you know it's like me and blah 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 and i'll make mashups here and there remix blah 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 but uh, to be able to sit down and, you know, say like, okay, I have this set that I'm going to play at this mm-hmm. show and all of this music is mine. It all mixes well together. It all sounds good together. This is this is mine. No one else can say that they played this exact set because they don't have all this music. This right. is my music. 
It's a very hard thing to we had, do. We had to start tagging our tracks because people were ripping off our CDs and yeah. playing them in different, in different clubs and DJs. We actually went to a, um, <laughs> this is kind of funny. We were playing, me and Rick were playing a show in Pensacola and there was the opening DJ. Now they booked us to play. Okay. And so, um, Rick and he had a, he had a, a, a co-producer he worked with on a track. His name was Richie Rich. And Rich is like the killer. Like he kills inc- incredible music. Yeah. Um, and so they actually tagged it. Like they tagged their, their track because people were ripping them off. So we go to we're, we go to the club and we're standing there and we're listening. Like we're getting ready to go on like midnight or whatever, and um, dude drops one of Rick's tracks. Right, <laughs> completely removed the drop. Like he took off the tag mix and tried to claim it as his own track. And like it was just a big mess. And like it was just like there was beef and whatnot afterwards because like he stole his music and whatnot. But like, yeah, if you do that you nowadays, have, I mean, and you're caught you by have a to, DJ. Yeah, you have to. I mean, like you know, and he clearly knew it was. I mean, he were playing. And yeah. so he's he played like one of Rick's like most popular tracks before Rick went on and played. Yeah. And it was like, well, you just took my track. Yeah. And like, you played it. And, and and you took my name out where I was like, you know, Rick's and Rich, Richie Rich. They completely removed it. And uh and it didn't make for a quite of a a good evening. Me and Rick Joey and fight about it. I mean, at our last EDM show, we played last Wednesday at the Willow. And me and Joey were going back to back. And basically what that means in the DJ world is, you know, you know, he'll play you know, it, 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 different pe- people do it different ways. I mean, you can go five songs, five songs, mixing back and forth. We just we decided to go twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, I go twenty minutes, then he goes twenty minutes. Well, we had a fight. You know, earlier in the week. Now, Joey's because, your brother, right? Yeah. Okay. We had a fight earlier in the week because uh, I wanted to play a song that he had played at our first show, and I was <laughs> like, I was like, dude, like, like you know, I've been listening to the song ever since that first show. Let me play it, and he's like. He's like, no, I'm playing. I'm playing the double set. I played. It's already in my set. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you can't just give this one to me. He's DJ like, no, Wars, I, no, it's true, man. Like, it's 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 so true that like when you, especially if you're playing sets where like you have multiple DJs on the on the card or whatnot, you know, and and it's like, you know, man, oh man, dude, just played that remix of the song. It's gonna ruin my stuff. But I think it's just cool that like you have opportunity to even do go and do that. And man, I, I wish you all the best, man. I think you're super passionate about it. Um, you know, don't do yeah. it for the money. I, I'm not, because I mean, everyone, the minute everyone, you get into it for the money, man, it's like you lose the whole thing. All of my friends it. know, like, you know, it, it, it's not a money grab for me. I'm going into, you know, I want to go into a genre that's, that's a lot smaller than, you know, most. If I really, if I really wanted to go in just for a money grab, you know, I'd start throwing these beats that I'm making right now, you know, on different websites to, to, you know, just get $500 here, $500 right. here, 50 bucks here, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, my friends, my friends especially know. You know, I'm very passionate about my music. I mean, that, that it, it's all I do. It's all I talk about. If I'm not talking about, you know, what I'm going through at the time with my close friends, like you know, they know, you know, I'm talking about music. That that that's my life. Everything I've ever done, everything mm-hmm. you know, I that that has happened to me, I have some form of musical relation to it. And, you know, my, my friends always mess with me. They're like, we have to be careful about talking around music around you because, like, you know, if, if we let you, you, you'll go on a, on a three-hour rant about one song. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, it, it's who I am. That's, that, that's my life right there is, is music, you know, listening. I grew up on, you know, for, I, I grew up doing theater, musical theater. And mm-hmm. then, you know, w- with my dad and my mom, they grew me up on country. You know, I was listening to country until I was about twelve, and then I, I started listening to. Uh, I started really getting into hip hop because of my older cousin, 
and then straight from hip hop, Joey started listening to uh, EDM, and then when he started listening to EDM, that's when you know I started. I mean, I still remember. I, I remember till the day I die the first EDM track I ever heard, and it was "Animals" by Martin Garrix, and that mm-hmm. was, that was a song that put him on. So you know that I think was he made that on Fruity Loops too. I think. Yeah, he did. He makes all of his There's tracks. The whole making of animals on youtube yeah. it's ridiculous he makes man. all of that song blew him loops. up like oh no, out of the water out of the uh out of the i mean world, he man. played the winter olympics mm-hmm. in where was it this year in 2016 wherever wherever it was yeah. he played that i mean he that, was was he open like opening ceremonies or closing, part of closing ceremony ceremonies? and yeah. yeah i mean you don't even get paid you don't, you don't get paid to play the olympics but no. like just to be able to say, like, just to be able to go up to people <laughs> and be like, yeah, yeah, I played the Olympics. I, I, played I, the mean, Olympi- yeah. I, I played the Olympics, like, no, no big deal. deal. Right. Like, <laughs> no big deal, man. Well, dude, you're, you're a big deal, man. And I'm, I'm super pumped that you came in and, and, and spent some time um, just talking about, like, you know, what's going on in the life of a teenager, man. Like, where you guys are spending time on social media. Your music, man. I know you're going to be massively successful, dude. Just keep doing what you're doing. Do not ever let, like, for a second, like, doubt yourself on your talent. Just yeah. the tools are there, man. Like the tools, like there's not a better time ever to do what you're super passionate about than today. Yeah. Because you got the exposure. Like you mm-hmm. have distribution. Like this is on iTunes, this is on Stitcher, Spotify, and whatnot. You've got distribution everywhere. I think that what, what holds people back, honestly, is like a lack of action. Yeah. It's like you know you're super talented, just go all in on it, man, and just keep pushing and keep grinding, man, and you're gonna blow it up. So real quick, tell people where they can find you again on social media, Instagram. Snapchat. So, uh, for me, social media, just on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at TCBoyer26, that, or T-C-B-O-Y-E-R 26. 26. Uh, and on Snapchat? I, I don't like giving out my Snapchat. Right, I, I, I reserve handle. my Snapchat for, for my close VIPs, friends. I mean, if you, go, if you go look on my Instagram and my Twitter, my Snapchat's on there. You'll, you you'll find, find it. it. You can, can find you it. can easily find it. All right, man. Thanks for coming in, Tyler, man. Appreciate no it. No problem. Best of Thank luck, you. man. So, once again, my experience is your experience. Thanks for listening.